Women Ballet fans, and welcome to yet another podcast. I am your host, Amber Daniels, and today I'm excited for you to learn more about a fabulous organization in the craft beer community. With a mission to celebrate diversity, inclusion, equity, and justice in the craft beer industry, this group of folks welcomes news from around the world to display on their multimedia platforms. Even sharing cooking recipes, hashtags to follow, and stories of those just trying to make a difference in this world. There's always room at this table with this group of folks. Please welcome Lindsay from Beer is for Everyone. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. It's, I, you know, we've been trying to get this together, and I'm so glad that we finally came together through my thesis world, through everything you're doing. It's, yes. Fun. We did it. But you know what? It, it's the right time. So this is a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no better time than the present, you know? Mm-hmm. We're yep. Well, we're sitting here on this lovely evening slash, I think it's a little bit earlier. Where are you coming from today? Um, I am in Las Vegas. So it's currently 3.43 PM. So it's okay. still mid-afternoon for me. Still mid-afternoon, but you know, doesn't matter. We're still enjoying some briskies. <laughs> Oh, of course. Day drinking, you know, it's like the thing. It's totally <laughs> fine. It's great. <laughs> what are you enjoying during this podcast? Um, so I am starting light since it is still kind of the afternoon. Um, it is the Yuzu Fierce by Off Color Brewing. It is a Berliner style Weiss brewed with Yuzu 3.8 ABV. And the Yuzu is just perfect for like, it's almost starting to warm up here in Vegas. So it, it's mm. lovely. Oh, <laughs> Wish we could say the same here in Baltimore because it's still a little chilly. How how chilly is chilly? Uh, well, it was thirty four this morning. Oh, that's 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 like a freezer chilly. Yeah, in the way of chilly. Well, supposedly on Wednesday we're getting to sixty four. So it. Oh, that sounds nice. That's that's actually like pleasant shorts weather. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping the sweater may come off. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Well, beer and ballet fans, as always, I'm enjoying a brewski as well. This is a Baltimore favorite. Um, it's actually from Peabody Heights, located here in Baltimore. Hilarious name. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Blinded Me Wit Science. Guess what type of beer it is? It's a wit beer. Because <laughs> it's so witty and smart. Um, and if you follow Mr. Trash Wheel, so in case you don't know, there is this trash equipment machinery that we have within the waters here in Baltimore and it actually picks up the trash um, in the Baltimore waters and it I believe it's some sort of like solar equipment type of thing so it doesn't use electricity it's really environmentally safe please follow it on Instagram Mr. Trash Wheel because it's the cutest marketing that I've ever seen in my life it'll make you giggle in a day which we all need. <laughs> and it's delicious. It's great. You should go get that beer anyway. <laughs> Love it. It's so good. Ugh. Well, Lindsay, I always like to start with this question. How did you start your beer journey? So how did you get involved within the beer industry? Was it a passion? Have you been working in it for a while? Uh, yeah. So my craft beer journey actually started uh, prior to the legal drinking age, um, you know, like many of us, mm-hmm. um, I, my first craft beer that I ever had uh, was on my family's farm in Maui. Um, it was the Maui Brewing Bikini Blonde Ale. 
Um, and my uncle handed it to me and he was like, you know what? Your mom's not looking, you know what you're going to do today? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's New Year's Eve. You're going to have some beer. And it was just the beginning of, of this, this love for beer. Um, probably, I think I was like 18 years old. Um, and prior to that, I tried to drink, you know, like domestic beer and it just tasted horrific to me but the first taste of craft beer it was actually like huh like this is what beer is supposed to taste like Mm -hmm. and um you know from there I expanded my palate by just trying different things and and realizing that with the seasons my palate changed so I couldn't say that oh I don't like something because it could change and it has over the years um so I actually uh did work in the beer industry uh as a server a beer server so at front of house, um, I also homebrewed when I was back in Hawaii. Um, I moved from Hawaii to Vegas uh, about eight years ago to pursue my professional career. Uh, so uh, since then, I haven't homebrewed because the water here is not as great as in Hawaii. I helped open up a beer spot up here. And uh, since then, I've just been kind of like a connoisseur of craft beer. And then I actually, uh, during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, you know what? Like, I I believe in this this industry and this community so much, and there's, you know, like I feel invested in it from a lifelong love of of drinking, and it be, has become friendships and families, and and you know, it, it's so much more than just alcohol. So I I actually started beers for everyone in 2020 um, as a way to encourage and advocate for diversity and inclusion within the craft beer industry, because throughout my experiences, it, it always, it, it has not always been so friendly to me and to people mm-hmm. that I've known. In a lot of ways, it, it was uncomfortable and I did not feel like I belonged. So I felt like it needed, in, there needed to be some catalyst for change. And I was hoping that I, I could start an organization that uh, really tried to promote the things that I believed in and that it turns out a lot of people believe in. So since then, we've gotten our nonprofit status um, and we are trying to do like all different kinds of things in the industry. And I'm really excited about all the progress that we've made, even though we're still quite small. I feel like just on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis, I'm seeing that there are changes being made. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I see it within the community and I see that Beer is for everyone is a major part of that. I, I just, I see posts all the time where it's uplifting everyone um, or people posting on the pages, just excited about what's happened <laughs> to them through the day. Um, mm-hmm. You were chatting earlier about how your palate kind of changes throughout years. And it reminds me of like, oh, back in the college days when I didn't really know anything about beer. <laughs> um, you know, someone handed me a PBR and was like, good luck. And I was like, uh, <laughs> never, yeah, yeah. Never, I can't. but then I started to get into the, you know, craft beer and that it does change throughout your time. I like the first ones I really loved hilariously enough were stouts. Um, really? stout, okay. yeah, I know stouts, quarters. <laughs> I think it's cause I would, I like, I love chocolate. I think that's oh, why. It's like, yeah, that deep, dark, good old chocolate, that richness in it. I feel like that's why I really loved stouts, porters, all that, the dark brews. I really loved them a lot. Is that still your favorite style? 
it's switching now. Now it's okay. turning into All like right. IPAs, wit beer, like any sort of Whoa, to like the other end of the spectrum. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because I'm just older and my body's like now, especially desserts too. I kind of started to steer away. <gasps> no, I know it's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess this 30 year old body, I don't know what it's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. you know, like every once in a while, I hope you still enjoy chocolate now and then. Oh, you have to. You, ha- I mean, <laughs> Valentine's Day just happened. Like, I mean, yeah, all the candy is on sale afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I always think of those folks during those times within like my palate change, like those folks who handed me the PBR and I, you know, I, they're still really great friends of mine. Um, (laughs) I I have a little bias from them, but you know, it's fine. Um, and then the the very first brewery I walked into and the memory of just being there and seeing the, the different folks that were around me, um, and the community that I, the family that I've kind of built because of this world. And it, it is sad to hear whenever someone, you know, it, it is such this big communal place where it should be this thing of anybody who walks through the door is totally welcome. But I hear stories such as yours where there's some sort of discomfort that occurs and it's, it, oh God, it just tears at my heart that like, that's even a thing. Um, And even as a woman, I've sometimes felt that way as well too. Um, So it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there, but. Yes, yes. But you know, in order for change to happen, the discomfort needs to be felt. And then it needs to be shouted. So this is what we're trying to do. Yeah, totally, totally. And speaking of beers for everyone, can you, in your own words, just, you know, you, you sort of told us a little bit of how it started, um, or at least the basis of how it started the idea. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more of the pro, especially during COVID? So you really started this process of be like beginning a nonprofit in COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Mind blowing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we, we all had a little bit more time on our hands during COVID being at home uh, the whole time and just being plugged into the only way that we're going to be social is online. I noticed that there was a lack of diversity within the repost accounts on our craft beer community Instagrams. Um, so I wanted to change that because representation really does matter. And if we don't see ourselves represented within the communities, um, then we don't feel like we belong. So I felt like it was important to expand on the diversity, you know, in all forms, because it, it honestly, it really does suck to not see yourself in, in the, the, the media and in the advertisements and marketing for craft beer. Cause you know, for so long, it's just been craft beer is for a certain demographic and these repost accounts often actually reflected that. And therefore, you know, it just, it didn't feel right because there's such a diverse, beautiful community that is not being acknowledged and represented. So um, yeah, Beers for Everyone started as that. And then we transformed into realizing that it can't just be, we need to represent our, our base craft beer community better, but we need to actually educate the community as well, because there was a lack of understanding by a lot of people why diversity and representation and inclusion is important and how it actually, you know, is not an equitable space for everybody. And that needs to, to change. And in order to do that, awareness needs to happen. So uh, we actually started the Writers Collective and uh, our writers are writing articles that is that are published uh, throughout our multimedia platforms um, on how 
craft beer is very much a place that can be diverse, inclusive, equitable, and just. And those are our foundational pillars that we work on. And a lot of our stories are based off of that that notion that we need to to create a space that is safe for all of us and that beer is for everyone. I think since then, we've been able to collaborate with a lot of projects, a lot of people, you know, like awesome people like yourself. And, uh, you know, last year, once the pandemic subsided a bit, we were able to go to beer festivals and get our, our word out there. And that in itself was a whole nother thing because beer festivals are are just that's oh, my next very oh, very overwhelming mm-hmm. um but yeah so uh beer festivals and then we also have created a line of merchandise and products that go to support our our efforts and our organization and we also offer subsidized scholarships as well as funding to to others in the community that um are minority based that could use that extra oomph in order to really succeed so we've been able to help uh, others in the process of their journey in becoming more into the craft beer industry and community. Gosh, you guys have been doing so much. I mean, I mean, thinking about it now, because it's year what, 2022? So in two years, I mean, less than that. I mean, really, you're, you're starting the planning and everything in 2020. But I mean, in two years... You started a nonprofit. You have a group of writers that are investigating the craft beer industry world. You have monetarily, you're helping folks out in the education of craft brewing, which is crazy. It just, it's just so many different things, which, oh my God, it's so fantastic. I love it. I I love this conversation too, about diversity within the space, um, equity within the space. It's a large conversation within the craft beer industry and also within the dance industry, um, which man, I need, we should have like a little group conference and I should call some of my other dancer friends and we should, we should reignite this conversation again. Um, (laughs) Of course it's yeah. I mean, anywhere from like body type, anywhere from gender, anywhere from race theory, any of that stuff. I mean, the, the conversations are endless whenever we talk about this sort of thing. I, I teach a class right now where it talks about a simulation um, or ideas of a simulation within the history of Broadway musicals. And sometimes what the kids say out loud, I had one student actually raise their hand and, and they said, I don't think I fully comprehend. This was a real, like typecasting is a real thing. Oh, and I was wow. like, yeah, it, it <clears throat> yeah. is. And it was <laughs> like, it, it's mm-hmm. still going on today. So yeah, I, I think within the arts and again, beer and ballet, this is the whole foundation of why we're here. There is this conversation between the, the physical art of dance and this almost culinary art um, of craft brewing. Um, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you're dealing with creativity, art, you know, like the, the more diverse space you're in, like the more creativity comes from that because you're, you're bringing all, all of these different cultures, all of these different experiences and like the culmination of it is so much more deep than, you know, if, if it was specifically just, you know, typecasted for one type of person. And uh, I think that we have a long way to go, but I think that the progress that we've made within our both of our ballet and crafter communities is is quite astonishing um and it's long overdue but you know we still have to be very proud of the progress that we have made yeah the work's happening 
Hi, beer and ballet fans, just popping in to say hello. Hope you're enjoying the podcast and welcome back to our podcast series. We took a quick little break and it was mainly because I am now Ember Daniels, Master of Fine Arts. That's right, folks. I finally turned in my thesis. I will be graduating this May. I am so thankful for your support and your understanding of my time period of taking a little bit of a break to fully concentrate on my writing, to fully concentrate on the graduation process, because it's a lot. Publishing. I'm published, man. It's nuts. So yeah, thanks so much for all your support, all your love. Some of you even sent me a bunch of emails and Instagram posts as support. And I'm so thankful for the community we're building within the beer and ballet world. It's just fantastic. I'm smiling so hard, y'all. And I just want to say, we're back in-person classes. They're happening. The first one is here in Baltimore. Um, It's May 11th at 7 o'clock at Ministry of Brewing. That's right. Wednesday, May 11th, y'all. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait to see you. If you want some more information about grabbing your spot at the bar, feel free to check us out on Instagram, the links in our bio, or check out our Eventbrite page. You can just type in beer and ballet and it should pop up for you. All right, let's get back to this podcast. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Like We have to call that out and say like the work is happening and it's because of folks, I'm going to brag on both of us, it's folks like us who are really like, (laughs) taking the stand and being like, this shit was wrong way back when y'all can we <laughs> go up absolutely instead of down. <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, yeah, it's, it's going to ebb and flow. And, and that yeah. is just how progress works. And I think that just the conversations and the dialogue that's happening is so important because mm-hmm. it's, it's the base of, of all of it. If we're not talking about it, then nothing's going to change. So, you know, I appreciate that, that you, are taking the time out in a time that you're so busy and you know like you're gonna be defending next week like how are you doing this right now but I think (laughs) I think that you know making time and actually prioritizing trying to to make a difference is is how we're gonna do it because none of us are fun we're all just trying to survive and get through life and so it unless we actually make a concerted effort it's not gonna happen Right. And we keep bouncing around this, around the word a little bit, this word of community. Y'all have used it a lot on your website, um, on all of your media. I use it a lot. So I'm always curious whenever folks like utilize a word a lot, mm-hmm. how they sort of are defining it. How are you kind of exploring that word? Cause it's very important. So I guess, yeah, for community for us is, is anybody that enjoys craft beer and anybody that will in the future, because part of, of what we do and what we love is sharing it with people. And, and that includes people who have not yet found it. So I think that it, for us, community means making that space for the future and the present to exist where we all feel comfortable and where we belong and where we can thrive. Obviously, there are many, many obstacles in order to overcome, especially coming from a marginalized background, you, you have more challenges per se than others, um, arguably. So it, it, a lot of it is just uh, trying to minimize uh, those hurdles and, and so that we can all start the race at the same place and, and that, that hopefully we can all succeed. 
because I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I think that that all of us can win if, if you call it winning. You know, like I think that that the craft beer industry and community is is big enough for all of us. And we don't need, it doesn't need to be a capitalistic game where we only one person can win. Exactly. I don't know if that, first of all, I don't know if that answered your question at all. It so did. But. No, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's funny because you're, you're talking about game. You're talking about winner. Um, <laughs> y'all I'm real deep in this thesis. I'm real deep in it. Y'all. I mean, you know what, if we need to operationalize more words, let's do it. <laughs> Well, I actually write a section about uh-huh. where winning and losing comes from. And it, it's, it's this driving, oh, that's awesome. yeah, like everything you're saying, I'm like, uh, it's in my thesis. Oh no. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm, I'm redefining play and how that's used within dance, um, with, within improvisation, mm. um, gameplay. Cause I'm a very competitive person. Um, right. So like, what is winning within the dance world? Like, what is that? Mm. Is it getting a, a kajillion dollar contract? Is it the person who goes to an adult ballet class and just enjoys the ballet class? Like what, mm. what is winning um, to a person and how that really is derived by competitiveness. It's this competitive habitual drive that we all seem to have, which is really interesting. So it's funny that you're just bringing up gameplay and, and all of that at the same time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess a little background on myself that uh, I haven't mentioned before is that I'm a professional poker player uh, by trade. So game theory and winning and zero sum and all of this statistics is, is just like up my alley. So yeah, that that is what I do for a living. So I can see like the patterns in, in like a lot of these other industries because so much of what happens in poker happens in the real world as well. So it's an interesting connection. I also just want to let everyone know that my jaw dropped like 20 feet <laughs> during that one fact. That's insane. <laughs> so you're, you're one yes. of those folks that like, you know, do you wear like the sunglasses? Are you, are you one of those oh, poker players or you got the face? No. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, poker face is a real thing. You have to, you have to be able to hold your emotions and, and, and a lot of times display things that are not actually happening such as uh, in the case that bluffing is. But uh, yeah, I, I'm a very eclectic person. I'm, I'm going for my PhD, uh, like all of these things. So like, yeah, just all of them intersect. And I, I love that, that life is so magical at that, that, that all of, all of our passions can, can be intertwined if, if, I don't know, the universe says it so or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it has to, we're sitting in a conversation right. where we just intertwine three different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Oh man. I love conversations like this where that happens. It's so cool. It's just, yeah, it's so cool. Um, well on the beer is for everyone website, you have a quote that I really love a lot. Um, we believe that more diversity in the craft beer community will ultimately create greater diversity within the beers themselves. Everyone of us has unique perspectives, ideas, and experiences that we bring to the beer conversation. We've talked about it a little bit, but I love that one line of ultimately create greater diversity within beers. Like if you create a diverse community, it's going to create this sense of like, hey, we're going to have different opinions about like what brews we like, you know, so the industry is going to build within this diversity. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that or? Sure. Yeah. A lot of the work that I do has to do with uh, cultural appropriation and appreciation and cultural exchange. 
So I think that in craft beer, um, there is an opportunity for us to culturally exchange in a way that appreciates the cultures that we belong to in, in sense of, you know, from each culture, we bring different ingredients to the table, different, different flavorings. And all of those are like pivotal to the whole process in beer, right? You want it to taste good. And in incorporating those ingredients within the, uh, the brewing process requires us to be diverse. You know, like cultural appropriation happens when we utilize something from a different culture and, you know, profit off of it or do not give credit. And therefore, if we're not actually diverse and if we're not actually coming together as a community and learning and listening and just sitting with each other and drinking beer to know to know more about each other without having this idea that, oh, I'm going to use this ingredient because I just heard about it and this is how it's going to make me dollar signs. You know, it's I'm learning from this person and I want to build something with this person, a relationship with this person. And therefore you know, like I would love to see what they love in something that I'm doing. And so uh, I think that there are so many possibilities that exist in our craft beer world because we're becoming more and more diverse. And for example, in the beer that I'm drinking today, uh, yuzu is technically a Japanese flavoring. And, you know, if we didn't have this cultural exchange and we didn't open ourselves up to trying new things, then we might never have this amazing sour Weiss with us today. And I think that the more that comes out of it, and and I, so I encourage cultural exchange in a way that, that blossom into to new brews that we've never even heard of before. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to part one of our podcast with Beer is for Everyone featuring Lindsay. The conversation continues with part two and that'll be released in two weeks. That is right, two weeks. So we'll catch you then. I hope you enjoy a brewski today. If not, drink some water. Hydration is very important, people. Let's keep it going as it's getting a little warmer out too. That's something that we should all keep track of, right? That pollen's in the air, that sun's in the air. You know, hydration's key. All right, folks, have a safe one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.